listening to The Doers Podcast, right here on The Doers Network. And now, here's your host, Donald Robinson II. Welcome, everyone, to The Doers Network. I'm Donald Robinson II, your host. And we got a special treat for you this episode. We have Mr. Kyle Bazzi, COO of Grand Circus, amongst many other things, entrepreneur, co-lead organizer of Detroit Startup Week. And we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. So to kick it off, let's go. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Thanks for asking. Welcome. Thank you for being on the Doers Network, man. Appreciate you much, brother. Always, always, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yes, sir. I love being on the Doers Network. I love that we have a Doers Network in Detroit. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And for all all you out there listening, we're right here in Detroit, Michigan. As some of you have been subscribers and listening to our podcast, we have some great dynamic people right here in the city of Detroit in the metro area, building, doing great things. And this is a brother who is definitely in the mix as one of those people I'm talking about. So, Kyle, let's start it off with who is Kyle Bazzi? Where are you from? What's your background? What's your experience? And uh, what's your education? And let's just get, get to know more about you. Yeah, so um, I was uh, born in uh, in Detroit. Um, my, both sides of my uh, my parents' family uh, immigrated from different parts of the world. And um, actually, as I grew older, I learned that um, they actually had small businesses up and down uh, Gresh at around Six Mile. Okay. Um, as I grew up, uh, I uh, we we moved up to the Sterling Heights in in Macomb area. Um, I ended up going to uh, Central Michigan University and graduating up in Mount Pleasant and uh, afterwards came back and uh, moved moved back into Detroit. And, um, yeah, the, the rest is kind of history. How long have you been in Detroit? I moved back to Detroit, I should say. Yeah, so um, uh, let's see. I bought a house uh, three years ago, and before that, my wife and I um, were in the apartment um, two years before that. So I've been, about, been back about five and a half years in the actual city. Okay. And in in terms of your growing up, what kind of experiences did you have? Did you did your parents like bring you to Detroit for special events or anything like that or how how did how did everything go with you? Yeah, that, that's uh that's a good question. Um so I I remember growing up um you know, middle class, uh great parents that taught me the value of of a good work ethic. Um and I remember my dad used to bring me down uh, on, on special occasions, and, and we'd go to the Red Wings games. And I, I remember uh, he'd, he'd walk me down the streets and show me the David Whitney building. And, and this, back, this was back when it was, uh, was still vacant. Yeah. Um, and he, he would point to the building and, and tell me the days that he uh, was working there. Um, and I, I remember walking around these giant buildings and um, something – Back when I was 11 years old, just uh, just captured me, and I, I distinctly, and I, I can't remember why, but I remember falling in love with the city, and remember thinking, um, there's not a, another place that, that I'll ever want to be. And so, when I came back after college and wanted to start a business, um, think, and, and that wasn't a, a popular thing to do, you know, in the, in the city 10, 12 years ago, um, I remember coming up thinking, all right, well. You know, I got I got a, a chance or and a choice to be part of uh, part of the narrative that that currently exists or um, part of the solution of of um, what what could be. So 
um, that that was kind of that was kind of my my first affection and my first engagement with with the city of Detroit, which I feel like uh, has been a love affair ever since. Good, excellent, man. So you said you were looking at uh, having a business. What kind of business did you have? Yeah, so actually, when I was 17 years old, I started my first company, and it was uh, a landscaping company, and uh, it was called Sundance Lawn Care, okay. um, and I, I uh, named it after my best friend's beat up uh, beat up car in high school. And uh, hired all my friends back then. Um, I remember growing that. And we talk about entrepreneurs failing and making mistakes and the mindset it puts you in. Um, And I can remember being 17, 18, 19 years old and all the mistakes that I made um, growing the business, but then just totally blowing it. And it was the the best education by far that I've ever had. How long did you have the business? Um, About uh, three years. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the big tried and true story with most entrepreneurs is there's no booklet, there's no manual, there's, well, especially back in those days, there was no class to tell you the ins and outs. You had to learn trial by fire, which is glad you did that too. And um, in terms of that, in, in running the landscaping business, did you do anything like, you know, did you segue to other businesses after that? Yeah, so I think uh, after that, um, I ended up uh, at Central Michigan, um, and actually back in those days, they didn't have an entrepreneurship program, right. um, and myself and uh, one of my, my really good friends, Casey Thorsby, uh, we ended up um, helping, uh, back in the, the entrepreneurship program as a minor, and I remember going around to different, um, uh, different professions around the college, such as audiology, and kind of preaching the importance of learning the entrepreneurial aspect. In, in business aspects of what they were doing because, you know, as a, a doctor or, or, you know, taking, you know, audiology, um, one day you're going to start your own practice, right? And you might know your vertical or your skill set really well, uh, but there's so much uh, that entrepreneurship can and, and, um, and, and still does uh, teach us. And so um, after that, I ended up uh, starting my first tech company and raising money in college, and it was called CNU for You. Okay. And uh, the the website was kind of you know this was before Groupon this was before and all of these aggregating sites that we know today um, the simplicity of the internet didn't exist right and so I wanted to bring it to a college campus where let's say a parent comes to visit their kid uh, where do they stay for a hotel uh, um, you know where do they go to eat how do they know that it's not a college bar but an actual restaurant that a parent can eat at you know and I remember thinking about my parents coming in. Um, I just wanted, you know, wanted an experience even for them to experience the college. Uh, But also, like, as an 18-year-old coming for orientation, um, you know, knowing where to go and what the college is all about as you're evaluating them all. Uh, I remember starting that. And this is a great example of an idea being so so, uh, minute compared to importance as the ability to execute. Because that company today exists. And I I can't remember the exact name, but... Years later, I remember um, being at a venture capital conference for a, a different company that I was uh, raising money for, and, I, and the company pitched on stage, and they were just crushing it. And I remember that was my first uh, real moment of impact thinking, it doesn't matter what I come up with. It, it, it's everything to do with my ability to get it done. Uh, sure. and, I, and I really sure. fell in love with uh, the hustle and, and the grit aspect of being an entrepreneur because before that I always thought I was being uh, the smartest in the room and uh, I've never been the smartest in the room. I've always been the most willing to grind it out. And uh, I think that's 
that's actually the, the the real point that I I fell in love with entrepreneurship. Yeah, man. Yeah, that that's probably that those qualities right there are way more important than being the smartest because if you notice, and I remember um, President George W. Bush used to say, "I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I've just hired the smartest people around me." And that's right. That's the biggest way to success in many areas. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm 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 glad to hear that from you, man, because. For people out there listening, that shows you the grit and the grind that people go through. Uh, most of us have had several different ventures and occupations, jobs, businesses to lead us to where we are today. And that's that's the learning curve as an entrepreneur and even as an individual in life. And the other thing, Kyle, too, is when you had the when you were doing what were the some of the pitfalls when you talked about execution of your idea? What were the what were the challenges you had that you had to face? Yeah. So I got a uh, uh, people that know me know I'm I'm uh, a big a big uh, guy that loves quotes and corny and um, I got one on on my desk right now that says master thyself right. and I think the the biggest pitfall uh, early on for me was and still today is working on me right um, because you know think about think about the inputs that go into every decision. Um, if, you know, no matter if your business is a business of one or a business of 1,000 people, uh, no matter if you're just starting off with an idea and sketching out your wireframes or you're scaling right now and, and raising millions of dollars, the single biggest input is you. Yep. And um, yep. I, I will, I can say honestly that I screwed that up, um, you know, three ways to the weekend back in the day and, and, and still too, still, still too to a lot of extent today. Okay. But I, I, I remember, um, you know, that CMU for you, um, when I drove that right into the ground and I raised the money, and I'm, I'm so thankful. I won't mention the investor's name, but he believed in me back then and he still believes in me today. And uh, I'm really thankful for that. And you're going to learn as a doer, you're not a doer of one. Right. Um, you, may, you may be the, you are uh, the beginning and you are that catalyst, uh, but you, you got to surround yourself with people that, Believe in not only you, but in what you're doing. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think back back in those days, uh, I thought it was it was way too much about me. And I had, uh, quite honest, uh, Don, I had a lot of ego wrapped up in it. Okay. Uh, and I learned about it today. It was, it's it's so much more about the impact that we can make. And so I'm uh, uh, I have you know my dad used to tell me a quote when I was younger, and he still tells me today. And he says, uh, "Young and dumb, old and wise." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yep. used to look at him. And I'd say, Pops, you don't get it, right? This isn't like when you grew up. And as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm recognizing that there are certain things that never change. Yep. Uh, and that wisdom uh, of not wrapping yourself up in it is so important. So, you know, I, I crashed that company, and I was uh, – it was me and my dog, Bear. Uh, I, found, uh, I found Bear the Chocolate Lab up at school. And we were sleeping in our car, uh, and I was a host at Bennigan's after that. Yeah. And I remember this this feeling of just being defeated and yeah. uh, my, my bank account getting overdrawn every day. And my dad calling, uh, putting the hundred bucks in my account, thinking, you know, I'll oh, have a good weekend, you know, have a little bit of fun here in college. And he realized that he had to put 400 in it <laughs> right? because, uh, you know, I was so overdrawn. And I remember how embarrassed I felt. Um, and today uh, um, I've turned that into a drive. Uh, to not only make, you know, the people that I love proud and to give them a better life, uh, but also the people that I, I build things for now, right? Yeah. Um, and and to, to spend my time here 
uh, on earth as, with my gifts to do something special with it. And I think that, I think that we're all looking for that, uh, but we get lost in it. Right. Yep. And, um, I think back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, I was in it, I was in it for the wrong reasons a lot of times, or, uh, I got into it for the right reasons and it got clouded. So today I, I really try to surround myself with people that, um, can really speak to the core of me and speak to the truth of it and help me, you know, kind of stay on that path, uh, uh, doing the things we're doing for the right reasons and for the impact and, and removing myself out of it. So, sure. um, I, you know, flashing back on it, that, that's really where I got lost back in the day. And I honestly admit that here for one of the first times publicly, just because I want to I wanna look into that 22-year-old that I used to be and say, look, it's okay you get lost. Right. You just got to find your way again. You're going to do that with the people you surround yourself with. Sure. Would you, can you, well, would you say, like, back in those days, did you get caught up in the fray of, uh, you know, like being a unicorn and getting rich and things like that? Did that kind of sway you too? You know, it, it wasn't so much. I, maybe it was the money. I can't. I, I probably can't say for certain because I'm too biased on myself. But sure. um, I think it was more of the uh, the mindset of okay. making it right. And I loved what I did. I loved the problems I was solving, um, and I, and I loved doing it. But um, you know, quite honestly, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're young, you think you're invincible kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I really got wrapped up in that, that quite a bit. Um, and, it, you know, the thing about being an entrepreneur, uh, as quick as you may feel the ascent is, you know, you can crumble just as quick. Right. And, um, you know, those those swings, my, my uh, a good entrepreneur friend and I have a saying, and it's probably not ours, but we used to say it all the time, and it's high highs and low lows. Yep. And no matter how low you get, though, you know that entrepreneurship is for you when you're at your lowest point, but you would never want to go work for somebody else. Now, uh, to be clear, everyone in a company has value and has purpose. Sure. Um, not everybody is built to be an entrepreneur. I actually think the entrepreneurship or being an entrepreneur, a part of you has got to be broken. <laughs> and yep. the only way you can fix it is, is this itch. Otherwise, the sacrifices you've got to make to get where you want to go uh, are, are just too much to stomach if, if you don't have that grit. Right. Um, and, and so I, I think that what I've learned over time is you got to stay, you know, for me anyway, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but uh, you got to stay focused on what you're trying to achieve. Sure. And uh, I'm so thankful and, and blessed to have a wife that uh, has done such a good job of humbling me because I feel like it's made me better at what I do, and yep. I needed that. And I needed that partner in this um, to, to be able to uh, really kind of look not just at the next couple of years, but at the next 10 and 20 about what I want to achieve. Yeah. I think, Kyle, a lot of times, and you said touched on it a little earlier, when, when you start thinking beyond yourself, when you see something greater than you, I think that helps break the spark of looking down the road and looking at keeping things in perspective because – too many times we get caught up in what we're going through, right? So then mm-hmm. when you're caught up in that, even when the highs of the highs and the lowest of the lows, you're still kind of self-absorbed. I mean, they both can tempt you to be so self-absorbed. You, you're oblivious to everything else around you. But then once you step outside of it and you look outside of yourself, you know, to me, it, entrepreneurship helps you reflect on life and just the way you are as a person and what you believe in and your beliefs and everything else. And a lot, I think a lot of people mistake entrepreneurship for a career goal and it's not that it's more than that it's more about a life 
a building a centering a, a life around who you are including making a living it's not about making a living as much as it is about you discovering yourself and um yes. yeah go ahead yeah 100 percent. so look there, there's a difference between being an entrepreneur and being entrepreneurial yeah. right i think that we, we should all strive to to have that that mindset uh that growth mindset of, of being entrepreneurial but yep. being an entrepreneur is different yep. and, and i think what what in, in my mind is, is very different is the amount of risk we're able to stomach. And, and this isn't about, uh, uh, you know, oh, you're a bigger person or you're a better person uh, or a better business person because you could stomach more risk. That's not it. Right. Uh, but but right. being an entrepreneur is an itch that building something and doing it the way you do, that's the only way you can scratch it. And um, I, I totally agree with you. You, you gotta, you gotta find what drives you, uh, and and will get you up every day. Because look, um, an overnight success takes years, if not decades. Yep. And um, you know, being able to grind it out for that long, um, it 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 wears on you. It absolutely wears on you. And um, you know, if that's who you are, there's nothing else in the world for you, and you'll be miserable without it. Um, and you can build great things, but you gotta, you gotta stick to the, that lane. Right. Um, but to, just to be clear, cause I think in today's culture of, you know, uh, you know, when, growing up in, in a blue collar rust belt city, you know, 15 years ago, entrepreneurship was the, uh, the synonym for, uh, get a job, right. Or, or being, uh, without one. And, and today it's this, this glamorous word when, when there's very little, little, little glamour to it. Sure. And so I think that, um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be true to yourself first and foremost. So when I, when I'm going back to like master thyself, um, if you're listening to this, no matter where you're at, uh, the, the beautiful part that I've learned is someone smarter than you has been there before. Right. So learn from them, whether it's a book or whether it's a mentor um, I find myself to be very drawn towards Stoicism uh, and the old philosophers like Marcus Aurelius um, and reading uh, even the newer philosophers who I consider like Ryan Holiday. Yeah. Uh, and in 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 really internalizing that to give me peace and calm and comfort. Uh, but I also find a lot of energy and motivation, and uh, I find myself being humbled by a lot of mentors whether those are peers or otherwise, uh, that I try to surround myself with all the time. And I find, and, and this, is, this is important if you're listening to this, is the more you push people away like that, for me anyway, is a good signal that I'm, I'm not in a good place, right? Or I'm not making a good decision. Um, and I find myself, when I want to engage with people, it's because I'm making the right decisions and things are going well, and I got that momentum. The moment I feel in turn or, you know, internally that I'm, I'm making decisions like, well, I, I'll just call that person next week to try to get feedback. It's because I don't want the feedback. And it's been a, a, a really good flag for me to, to recognize the moments that I need that the most. And I think as entrepreneurs, we got to find those mechanisms inside of us, our monkey brains. And uh, if you listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast talk about uh, we're, we're built primitively and we are built in a way that uh, we, we get hard coded and we got to recognize that, you know, in ourselves as entrepreneurs 
in order to get to those next levels and, and to, you know, maximize the impact we can make. Okay. Well, wise words of wisdom. And folks out there listening, please take heed. If you got to rewind it, rewind it. No matter how, no matter how many times. And um, that goes into a lot to be said, Kyle, about life learning. Um, the, the thing is, too, when we talk about life lessons, in terms of the businesses you've run at the time, at that time, and the things you went through, what can you can you explain some of the valuable life lessons? I know we touched on some of them already, but what would you say were maybe two or three of the biggest life lessons you learned through all that throughout that experience? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the, the biggest I learned, you know, um, I'm a uh, for anyone that that. You know, a lot of people that listen to this don't know me. Uh, I'm a white male. I'm six foot three. Um, you know, grew up in uh, not only America but you know Macomb, Michigan, and uh, there's there's a lot of check boxes of privilege that come with it. And and early on, uh, I I hadn't learned that lesson yet. I had great parents that uh, I grew up to what, what I would consider, uh, and you know maybe not the you know I don't want to call it the right way, but in a really good way. And I'm I'm so thankful for for my mom and dad and my family. Um, but I, I hadn't learned that you can surround yourself with people that don't align to your core values, right? And Donald, I'll ask you this question. Do you know what your core values are? Have you sat down and like a company does, they put them on their website. If you had a website, do you have those clearly and crisply defined yet? I think that, I know I don't. Yeah. I think some of them, it's like, I have like a general, like, you know, like a, like a generalization, you know, the, the, I wouldn't say cliches, but, you know, the love of family and, you know, uh, helping people and things like that. But something clearly defined, I'm still working on it myself. So I, I encourage all of us to, to write down what we think we're about. Because I, cause you can build off that. You can evolve that. But when you're 20 years old starting businesses, uh, you know, at least for me, uh, I didn't have that defined. So when you don't know where you're going – Every road will lead you there. Every right. person will, you'll want to engage with. And I didn't have those mechanisms yet um, because I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm a person built with energy and passion um, that I, I want to engage with people. And so um, I felt like not, not even necessarily bad people, but just people that I wouldn't, you know, today want to associate myself with. And I say that in, in an era of, you know, uh, some vulnerability at least to say, Look around you because you're the average of, let's say, the five people you spend the most time with. Yep. And so I think, you know, one of those life lessons for me and, you know, now as I, um, you know, really, you know, invest in myself uh, in terms of reading and, 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 you know, being this, this uh, continuous learner that I strive to be, um, you, really, you really do emanate uh, the values of the people around you, no matter how hard you try uh, to be your own self. So that's one of the life lessons I've learned is surround yourself with people, not that are, are complicit or compliant in who you are. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm, you know, you want those people to push and challenge you, but, but you want those people that you look up to, right. And you always want those people around you, whether it is your spouse or um, uh, friends or colleagues or mentors, you know, just always look around and, and think about who you want to be uh, decades into the future. I remember reading this one book, this was years ago, and I can't remember the story, I can't remember the person, but it, it made an impression on me. And I remember that uh, um, it was an entrepreneur at the, the end of his life. He was in his you know, uh, 80s, 
uh, uh, late 80s, and he set a goal, or he set a uh, speaking conference that he was going to speak at. And, and if he would have actually made that conference, he would have been 107, Donald. Wow. He would have been 107 wow. years old. And, and the whole point of it was um, you got to look out and ahead and think about who you want to be then. And so I, I think that that's, uh, you know, another life lesson that I've learned is um, really defining what I want to achieve. That doesn't mean that it's not going to change. And that's what I think a lot of people struggle with. Yep. It, just because yep. you set that goal today does not mean that's what you got to do. But if you don't set it, you, you're, you're aimless. Um, and, I, and I think that um, I'm working every year getting better on uh, defining who I want to be and where I want to go. And that, that's why, you know, let's, let's talk about, you know, applications. Um, I have things, uh, I have a, an old, you know, it's 2019. I have an old physical printed out calendar on my desk, right? Um, some people are like, I didn't know they make those anymore. And um, I write down every day a few things. I write down my morning routine and what I achieved. I write down what book I read that morning. So I try to read 30 minutes every morning. I write down how long I meditated on and my purpose of that meditation. And I write down my goals that day. Um, and this took me a long time to get to. It took me uh, years to, to get to. Um, you know, there, I feel like there's other, these other people that are so disciplined and I, and I uh, am working on it. But that has helped me look back now and I can flip through months and I can see this evolution of who um, I was and who I'm becoming. And, you know, Peter Drucker, the famous consultant, is uh, famous for saying what, what gets measured gets done. And so if you're not measuring your progress on who you are and the things that you need to work on, then you're not going to get there as quick. And your business, no matter how big it is, right, if you're Doug Song who just sold Duo Security, that, that business at 600 people was him just as it was when it was him and the co-founder. So um, I think that you've got to consider this as an entrepreneur and, you know, what you do to, to, to work on yourself is one of the most important things you can do for the business, not product, not sales, not uh, how are we going to build this customer service team, not how are we going to raise money, not, you know, what's our exit strategy or, or whatever. It's, um, it's who am I and, and how's that going to play out? So that's, a, I think, the, the third, you know, big life, or life lesson that I learned is, you know, um, what, what I do is, is one of the most important decisions because it's going to ripple out to, to whatever I'm trying to build. Yeah. Great, great, great words of wisdom, man. And to, to kind of tie it all together, I think that a lot of people don't take into account who we are just as essential human beings, the essence of who we are. We are connected in many different ways. Um, basically, we all bleed the same blood, you know, things like that. Only thing that's different is like maybe genetics, maybe looks on the outside, but we all have souls, we all have hearts, we all have desires, we have dreams. And I think the other part, to, to piggyback on what you were saying earlier, to add to it, I think that we all, sometimes we people tend to forget how connected we are. And that connection yeah. means that no matter who you so, surround yourself with, you end up subconsciously emulating them. So I've, I've read things over the years that say if you want to go somewhere in life, like if you want to be a millionaire, you got to surround yourself with millionaires. If you want to be a billionaire, mm -hmm. be around billionaires. If you want to be uh, the greatest singer in the world, you know, try to find people who are the greatest singers, who are better than you or whatever. So then that what that does is it gives you that drive to strive for what you want in a, in a more 
I don't know, more actionable faction. I, sh- I should say, like you, you desire it more. You, you want to do it more. Mm. But I think mm-hmm. on the on the dark side of that, it's the same thing. If you're around people who aren't doing what they're supposed to do, who may be doing some things that are questionable, you're going to end up either either you're going to be a part of that or you're going to be associated with it because you're around them. And so it, you cause yourself grief and trouble. But, you know, mm-hmm. look at it positively, what we're talking about. I think that's the whole notion about what's going on with us and this vibrant resurgence we're having because for the last 50 years people talked about detroit's coming back it's the renaissance but now i would say in the last 10 years you really have seen it and you feel it and it's happening and and for young folks like yourself to do what you've done and dedicated yourself to come back and be a part of the change that's what's made the difference and i think you know like first of all i thank you for coming back amongst everybody else and the thing is we're all in it together and i think this this is the time where we really all feel that not everybody is going to do that and feel that, but at least the people who are actionable, the people who are trying to make things work, there's there's so many things like Grand Circus and Bamboo Detroit and different areas where people come together in, in meeting spaces and you, you have different ideas bouncing off each other. You have all these things, that the, the, the dynamics that weren't there 20 years ago, it, and it's happening. And, and I think goes back to the connection piece. Once people understand that we're all connected, then that's where we move forward. And I think people really now in Detroit are starting to feel that and see that and do something about it. Yeah. Amen. And and here's, you know, a couple of things that I just want to express and share out in, in, you know, to your listeners is, um, you know, there's, there's a book called uh, by Ray Dalio called principles. And one of his principles is one plus one equals three. Right. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. And you feed off other people, um, and, and you can be held accountable by other people and you can achieve so much more because you can sharpen each other. Right. And there's a lot of things that go into that. Right. Um, but, but I, I often get overwhelmed because, uh, with Detroit startup week, for, for instance, when we, when we brought that to Detroit, um, you know, several years back and we became the first startup week over, you know, across the world. This is a tech stars program. Right. And I remember thinking like, Oh, you know, Monica Wheat and I, my, my partner in crime on it, who I am, just so blessed and thankful for to have in my life who's changed so much about me and who I am uh, and what I do in the community over, over the last four or five years. And I remember thinking, I want to be, I want Detroit to be the biggest first year. And it, and it wasn't, it wasn't for the vein of it. It was to um, not only prove uh, to this ecosystem of, of tech stars, uh, you know, cities around the world that the Detroit is a player, but it also was for the people here. Not, not, I'm not talking about just in the city, but in Ann Arbor and Metro Detroit and the state of Michigan uh, to show that, um, yes, we, we, we do exist and the density of our entrepreneurs actually is around. It's just so spread out right now. And I know that that doesn't make sense, density and spread out. But, but when we had that first year, we, we had 3,800 people. And um, I remember thinking like, wow. I, when I came back, I was trying to meet, you know, going to meetups and going to events, and I could barely meet 15 new people a year right. in those events back then. And, and, and the people that would go to those, we'd laugh about it, thinking, like, it's just us. Why why do we put this on Eventbrite or a meetup group, you know? Um, we can just call each other. And, and last year, we, we had 12,000 people. And I remember thinking, like, whoa, um, I'm getting pitched startups that you see on uh, Silicon Valley on HBO, right? Yeah. Like, they're just absolutely ludicrous. And uh, I'm thinking that 
you know, how, how important is that for, for our ecosystem to continue to grow and thrive? Now, here's what I will say is if you're listening to this, no matter what level of success you're at, I, want, I, I encourage you to build something in to your ethos. And that is give back and give first. So if we have a shining example of uh, at least a tech entrepreneurial success in the city of Detroit uh, or Metro Detroit, um, the person I look up to and who I want to be when I grow up is Doug Song yep. from Dual Security. Yep. Yep. And you can ask that man today. Um, and I remember he just raised $70 million when he came and spoke at an event of ours, uh, Startup Boost. And he spoke to a bunch of startups. And the man just raising $70 million just rolled up on a, I think it was a Ford hatchback anyway, yeah. and um, sat there all night with us, never talking about himself at all. All he did was ask questions and listen intently, and he didn't leave until these young, budding entrepreneurs, who most of them weren't even making money yet in their startup, um, wanted to share with them their excitement and enthusiasm and vision. Um, and I remember leaving with him and I said, you know, Doug, if I could do one thing to help this ecosystem, to do a small part, to do my part, what I, what I believe is my part, to move it forward, what, what, would, you, what would you tell me to do? And, and, he, and he looked at me and he just said, we need, a, uh, we need a culture of founders that give, that yeah. give to each other, that are there for each other, that continue to help each other when they got no uh, can I swear on this podcast, Don? Well, you can do it. We'll... Yeah. Okay. All right. I won't. I won't. So, so to to give to the point where everyone else around them might think like it doesn't make sense to give, and and I think that um, that was one of uh, he made such an impression on me about that. And so, you know, if you're listening to this, I'd I'd encourage you to be that person. Now, it doesn't have to be a lot of time because as an entrepreneur, you don't have a lot of it, uh, but you have your gifts that you can. And maybe it's just one person. Uh, maybe it is uh, an event you speak at. Maybe it is um, somebody that you recognize. I had somebody text me today, and they had a really bad moment in, in, in their journey. And I, I just said, look, I don't know what's going on. And I know, I know the people that it happened with. Um, and, I, and I just said, look, we all have days where, you know, we get, uh, as Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a plan to get punched in the mouth. Um, we all have that day, and you're going to have a lot of those days yep. on, your, on your journey. Um, it's, it's about what you do next. And I think that um, I just encourage us to build that, uh, that kind of culture here and to take it a step further from a lot of the, you know, the people that um, I choose to spend my time with is make it an equitable one. Uh, you know, uh, being a, a white male and, you know, with my background, um, I've learned that, you know, I get a lot of advantages that, that many don't. And I, and I think that in the city of Detroit, in Metro Detroit, and, and you know, I, I include in Arbor in that, um, we got a chance to be different. Yep. Um, and, you know, we're seeing stuff like that in the city, like Backstage, you know, Capital bringing the accelerator here and Afrotech holding their first event outside of San Fran here. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what we do with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and then speaking of things that's going on around Detroit, how did you come across uh, coming downtown and then partnering with Bamboo and things like that? Yeah, so um, what, you know, my first partner in downtown was was my wife uh, moving down here and, and starting that journey. Um, I, I don't remember how I met Amanda, but I, I remember 
I remember um, how I felt and thinking like, you know, this is uh, this is somebody that uh, has similar core values to me and uh, and what she was trying to do with uh, with the co-working space. Um, and that was kind of my first foray with uh, Detroit Startup Week. Uh, and she was a big partner in that. Um, and, and Monica, obviously, you know, her and I kind of being the yin and yang of, uh, of getting that started. Yep. So when, uh, yep. when I got to, when, you know, seeing her grow from that space on Brush Street outside of Fort Field to the place she's at now uh, at 1420 Washington and, and you know, with, with plans to expand much, much bigger than that and, and, and impact a lot of people, I just remember thinking, like, she's doing it for the right reasons. And to the core of her, um, I, I still see that today. I mean, you know, we, we started a nonprofit last year called Venture Catalyst our fourth partner being Kelly Lapierre. And um, there's not a, a, a group of people that I've surrounded myself more with in, in the ecosystem that uh, I, I can tell you like week in and week out the work that they're doing, they're doing it because they, they want to see the, the equitable ecosystem succeed. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, yeah. I think that uh, I got super lucky early on in, in my career uh, to, to meet those kinds of people. Yes, wonderful people, man. Shout out to Amanda Luan. Shout out to Monica Week. All the veterans out here, all the all the Mavericks. Uh, just a lot of great people that we're part of in the family here in Detroit, Metro Detroit, Michigan. Um, and it's growing. It's, it's expanding all the way to the western part of the state, which is great. Um, the other thing, too, Kyle, I want to ask you, too, how did you come across getting involved with Grand Circus? And let the people know out there what Grand Circus is. Yeah, so... Um Grand Circus is the uh, um, one of the coolest assets we have for technology talent in, in the state of Michigan. So they were one of the first coding boot camps, if not the first coding boot camp uh, in the state of Michigan. And uh, what they do is they help people uh, change their careers into a role in technology. And they are um, so intentional um, in the way they do it, you know, staying true to their core values, believing that anybody can be a developer. Uh, believing that the tech community should reflect the community that it's in. Uh, and today I'm, I'm really happy to say that, you know, approaching our sixth year, I think we just had our, our sixth anniversary. We've graduated 1,500 developers. We have over 300 uh, employers or companies that have hired uh, one of our graduates uh, right out of boot camp. Um, and we have two campuses, uh, one in Gra Grand Rapids at the, the Seamless, uh, I'm sorry, the Stark Garden, um, uh, you know, um, co-working space over there. And then our, our flagship here in Detroit. Yeah. And, um, yeah. uh, you know, Damien Rocky, the, one of the co-founders and the CEO, uh, I just think, you know, what they're trying to do and what we're accomplishing in, in a lot of ways is, is really special right now. And, and we need that to, to thrive as entrepreneurs here. Um, you need that talent around you. And um, across the country and the world right now, everything going on from, you know, H1B visas, uh, in, in the United States to um, universities not graduating enough developers, um, it's, it's a really big challenge for companies to grow today. Yeah. And I, I was just talking to somebody uh, having coffee this morning saying, uh, I'm trying to do research about another point in time that a talent gap has been one of the top challenges for a company's growth. I'm not saying talent in general because people are everything at a company, but I'm talking about a very specific vertical that is so widespread and shared amongst companies as big as Quicken Loans, all the way down to companies uh, in the same area raising their first, you know, seed or uh, Series A, and um, it's uh, it's a very, I think, unique challenge. So 
um, we're, we're really excited uh, to be trying to tackle that. Would you say that that challenge is just across the board overall because of the tech industry as a whole? or I, I think it's for um, a lot of reasons. I think that, um, you know, the Internet has obviously – it's like a cliche, right? Um, it's, it's happened so quickly. Yeah. And uh, I think that our education system has not caught up. And, right. it, and this is maybe one of the unique factors to me anyway is, you know, my, my dad used to have, he has another saying, is uh, life's a pendulum, right? It swings back and forth. So back when my dad and, you know, his, his dad grew up, college was a, it was a luxury. Yep. Uh, and it still is today in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong. But we're also forcing everybody into one box into a degree today. And some of the best software developers I know uh, either dropped out or never went to college. And it's, uh, you know, we're getting back to that apprenticeship and that trade school. And um, I think that that balance is super important. So we, we kind of, I don't know if we lost sight of it or we didn't see it coming or what it was, but we, we did not match the skill sets to what uh, the economy and the businesses need or needed and still need. Um, right. And the future of that continues to go into data science and into uh, mobility engineers and um, go, goes into now these very specified skill sets. Even on the other side, right? You think about one of the, the most in-demand jobs today, and it's uh, welders. And yeah. that's because of the fracking industry, right? right. And so um, I think that, um, you know, I think the tech industry specifically, um, we, we need to continue to invest in people. And not just into the skill set you need today, but look how many companies started it off 30 years ago, 25 years ago, um, and they were, you know, coding in uh, cobalt, right? And yep. now today they... Uh, they're this big company, and one of the biggest challenges is they have all the developers that haven't left, uh, you know, 25 years later, um, not wanting to learn new skill sets, and yet they can't find anybody in that skill set. Um, and so you, you have to continue to invest in your people uh, into the, the technologies and not just to, to what they're doing today or what you're doing today, but what is coming tomorrow, right? And you've got to find a way to continue to innovate on that yep. or, or you become the way of these companies that, that die because, um, because they, they don't disrupt themselves. So I think that, um, you know, in, in Detroit, we've we got to continue to find ways to do that. Yep. And I, I think, too, Kyle, to, to add to that, I think that the tech industry as a whole is a disruptor in every facet. I think even when it comes to, the education system and we were, it's, it's disrupting a lot of things, even with the way companies operate, because, you know, back when I was in college, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, whatever, you know, it's like you call, you go to college, you get the degree, you get the interview, you go to work for either the big three or a nice little company or insurance company or whatever. And it's like, it's like a fine line, but not a straight line, but now things are so, you know, it's, it's, it's so flexible and fluid. You can't even define that anymore. And I think that it's challenging the notion of people of what is true education. I mean, yeah, because I can get a college degree. I can get a CS degree four years. But then by the time I graduate, what I've learned is already outdated. So how do you keep yeah. up with that? That's where the coding boot camps come in. And even though we've heard the stigma, the, the rumors of these companies thinking, okay, well, boot camp grads may not be as skilled and blah, blah, blah. But what they don't understand is that it's not about the skill set you have at the moment. It's the first, it's first of all, are you willing to be a team? Can you work with people? Are you willing to be a team player? Then on top of that, number two, how hungry are you to learn? You know, do you really want to learn? How, how bad do you want to learn new things? And it's, the, it's, it's to the point where in every company, especially tech companies, you have to want to push for learning. Like you say, you may have 
software engineers who've been in the field for 30 years, they don't want to learn, they don't want to learn, you know, Angular 6. They don't want to learn React Native. But the thing is, that's that's how you grow. And I think it challenged you as a as a person. Even it's almost like an entrepreneurial thing as well. It's it's, it's about you and your personal growth and how much are you willing to grow and change yourself and, and improve yourself. And if you stop doing that, then it's pretty much like the end of it, you know. And and so I mean, I commend you for being involved and having your sleeves rolled up and getting involved in things like Grand Circus and Detroit Startup Week because that's the catalyst for change. And people have to. I think that we're on the right track here in Detroit and Michigan as a whole, where people are a lot, a lot of more people are starting to feel more confident and courageous in doing the same thing in terms of getting in there and, and being part of the change. So then, when you look at that going into the future, Kyle, what, what what's your take on the the tech scene and the entrepreneurial scene in Detroit and Michigan? You know, for maybe five years and beyond, where, where do you think we're headed? It's a it's a it's a question I I actually feel very unqualified to answer. Yeah, because uh, I, yeah. I I read these people uh, that put out either research reports or their insights. Um, you know, my, my public speaking coach, um, is Eric Thomas and, and, you know, he's, he's, uh, a big content creator at Saga Marketing yep. and I just read them and I, and I, I watch him assess a situation and then, and then put it on paper in a way that just cuts to the heart or the root of the, uh, the topic or the issue. And so I'll, I'll leave it to those people to, to give a, a much better analysis, but I'll, I'll say this, that, that excites me is, yeah. You know what? What you were just explaining is this juxtaposed between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, right? Between hard skills and soft skills. Right. Uh, you can you can have today the best hard skills in the world, right? You right. can graduate from the best college. You can learn whatever way you do um, what works best. Yeah. But if you don't have this growth mindset to evolve and to change and to continually and constantly push yourself. Um, at one day that, that'll be old, right? That'll be outdated. That, that, that will no longer be relevant. So when you think about that and you think about the people that exist, uh, today in, in our ecosystem and you think about the culture, um, I think that, I think that we're built for that. Right. And I, I think that, um, I think that I hope that. We, we continue to focus on that. And we, in, in that, we focus on investing into uh, those in which don't always have the opportunity to grow into that, sure, right? Sure. Um, talent, talent is, you know, uh, I don't know who says this, and, and I should find a better way of referencing it, but, you know, talent, I believe, is, is equally distributed and, and opportunity is not. Um, and, you know, the, the hard skills are often a fad, but the soft skills um, are timeless. So let's spend more time, you know, educating and teaching and mentoring and investing into our people um, what what will always exist and help them get better at that. And then we'll just match those skills to, to what it is today, um, whatever that is. If you, if you ask somebody uh, to pull up their resume from 25 years ago, you know what was on a ton of resumes 25 years ago? What's that? Word, word proficient. I'm word proficient yep right yep i haven't seen a resume in the last five to seven years that has said that um and so those hard skills get lost but who you are um and how you think and how you learn uh that that hopefully you know you continue to build on because that's that's a foundational 
uh, building block that that is uh, that cuts down to who you are and what you can achieve. So yeah, let's let's focus on that as a city. Um, I think that there's a lot of you know great debate and great conversation about should we be getting into verticals, be it healthcare or IoT or what's going on with mobility. How do we take advantage of the capital that exists? A lot of people don't know that Metro Detroit is the seventh most amount of millionaires of any metropolis around the country. Wow. We got 77,000 millionaires here compared to. Number one, which is obviously Manhattan, uh, at like 280,000. So there's capital here. There's all of these things. Um, and Techstars, um, you know, teaches us something that uh, I, I've learned to be very useful. And it's uh, five uh, components of a healthy ecosystem for, for startups. Uh, now, I always, I always forget one. So let's see if I can remember it. It's culture, density, talent, government uh, regulation, um, and uh, capital. Right. And so when, when you think about those, um, there's nothing that we can't overcome here. There's a lot of cities that don't have that. Right. There's a lot of cities that want to be these. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know Detroit wants to be a, a, a tech or a startup ecosystem mecca, but we want to be something around that. And so um, I think we, we can do what we want to achieve. Um, we just got to find our way of doing it. Look, you know, going back to Doug Tong at Duo, he was told to leave. <laughs> right? Yeah. He was told to leave because people wouldn't invest into what he was doing because of where he was at. Uh, and it, when you look at his, uh, you know, his resolute and conviction of staying here, you can do it here. Yep. Uh, and there's a lot of advantages to doing it here if you look. Um, but it's more about that mindset, not about I think I think the things that we read in TechCrunch or read in in uh, you know uh, online and in, in the blogs that we read nowadays, um, it's it's about the same things that it's always been about. We we got to keep concentrating on that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, and the wonderful thing about it, like I said before, there are a lot of people who really are invested in the same core values, like you talk about. We a lot of like-minded people are really coming together and there's a convergence of energy of a lot of different people that really is, is becoming this wonderful blend of like an overall energy of the community. And, you know, like you say, shout out to Doug song for keeping, keeping it grinding here. And even now after the, after acquisition from Cisco, he still wants to build here. He still wants to help people. And, and I think that somebody like, like him can give you a, a well-rounded perspective on things after the success, after the exit, because what he's saying now is that, we need more duos. We need more founders to do what I did. So now let's keep that momentum going. And I think that a vehicle like Grand Circus can help because we're churning out very, very talented people. And as an alum myself, I can tell you when I went to the when I went to my boot camp, everybody I felt like everybody in a class of 19 people, every single person in that class had talent levels. I was just amazed at. I mean, it was just people that I was just blowing me away. But it wasn't about what school they went to wasn't about how many years they've been doing X, Y, and Z. It's that where's the potential, where's the energy, where's the talent, and it was right there. And so now when you look at sub subsequent classes who have come after us, you see even current classes now, I mean, it's just getting better and better and more and more. Um, and like I was talking to Damien before, you know, a few months ago, you know, he's, you know, it's like, you know, things are expanding. I mean, you guys might have to get a new building in a minute. I mean, maybe one day somebody mm -hmm. have a building for you by itself because it's growing by leaps and bounds, which is great. And, um, you know, like I said, Kyle, I just um, commend you so much for doing what you do and everybody else and the way you help everybody that, that goes a long way. It really does, man. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this, that, um, 
nobody built anything great by themselves. And uh, there's so many other people that, that deserve the accolades for what has been built at Grand Circus. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, beyond the team, even, you know, those graduates and those people that continue to invest themselves at Grand Circus, uh, including boot camps really around the country for the most part. Yeah. Um, there's a, there is a leap of faith they take in something that's new to change, uh, who they're going to be for the rest of their lives. And yeah. I, I will say people like you, man, like that's, uh, that's where a lot of the credits do. Um, and it, it was the, one of the most beautiful parts about it is we need it so badly in our ecosystem and ecosystems around the country right now. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, we, we, you know, you and I have talked about, um, you know, the event that we, we threw last year, um, called Code Detroit. I think you just uh, interviewed, I, I know you did, um, Chanel Hampton, who yep. is someone I, I look up to from uh, Strategic Community Partners, and Richard Grundy from Journey. Yep. And I remember sitting down with Richard uh, and saying, hey, um, you know, I want to do something. I, I, I want to I get back and I want to use all these things from Grand Circus and Detroit Startup Week and, uh, you know, the, the network that we've built um, to reach back into the kids of Detroit and offer them an opportunity, a catalyst to get into tech. And um, Richard looked at me, and I'll never forget what he said. Sitting on the fourth floor at uh, Grand Circus, just him and I in this big room, and he looked at me and goes, well, you know, one of the most important things to teach a kid in Detroit how to code. And, you know, being my background, I said, I got no idea. Is it, you know, is it computers? Is it a lab? Is it mentors? Um, is it money? And, and he said, no, you, you, you can't teach a kid how to code in Detroit on an empty stomach. Right. And I remember that being the start of this relationship that it grew into this this team uh, from Daniel Pop, who was the chairman of technology at Central High, um, and you know he's he's one of the first people to build an e-commerce website for the one of the big three. And you had um, you know Brittany Johnson, who's now at StockX and yep. went through a coding boot camp in Atlanta, and, and you know Monica Weed, obviously, who's Digirati Girls and, and Code.org, and all of the amazing things that you know Chanel's also done. Um, and Aubrey Agee from uh, Wayne State and has done so much selfless work in the ecosystem. Oh, yeah. And 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 uh, and I'll tell you what, if if you're listening to this, um, you you it's it's your duty to find um, find the opportunities for people that have not been afforded those. And it, it not only is it your responsibility, but it is also to the benefit of the ecosystem because. Um, Think about it. If we could take the kids of Detroit and teach them how to code, if they wanted to, and if that was their passion, um, think about the asset we have yeah. of these amazing, brilliant kids right now that are some of the hardest working people you'll ever meet. Yeah. Uh, and the things that they can build are just incredible. Um, and if we build that platform for them and we give them that opportunity that they have not been given before, well, now all of a sudden – um, you know, we talk about does Detroit, does Metro Detroit, does our region have the talent to sustain uh, big tech companies and all of these things? Sure. Um, we flip it on its head and we look at it and say, who can beat us? Right. right? Who can beat us if we can do this? And, right. I, and that is something that um, I think that we all need to find in our own way to, to continue to give back. Be it the kids of Detroit or, um, uh, or, or others that, that you can give back to. We got to continue to find ways to, to, to reach back and um, – Use our talents and our passions and our skill sets. Don't do something uh, just because you others are doing it or, or you think it's the right thing to give back. Find a way that you like to give back 
and, and do it for those right reasons. And um, I think that's one of the most important parts that uh, a guy like Doug has taught me is, um, is that, that is, uh, that's not a, a nice to do. That's a responsibility of, of so many of us that, that we need to continue to infuse into our entrepreneurs, our people of influence, and our culture here in the ecosystem. Because if sure. we continue to do that, man, that's, that's a, a Warren Buffett principle of financing, right? It's, a, it's the power of compounding interest. Yep. Um, and I hope to see that continue in, uh, in our region. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, you're hitting the nail right on the head with it because you never go wrong when you invest into the future. And the future, as we know, are our children. And the mm-hmm. thing is here, tech, the tech sector is the equalizer because these are kids who are growing up consuming you know with phones and tablets and pcs or whatever they're, they're using apps they're doing all this stuff they're buying stuff but then let's turn them from consumers into cre- creators and now you have a whole bevy of creators that t- companies can tap into like ford for example ford can these are future ford employees or future entrepreneurs or future creators that that, that were going to do great things no matter where they are so, and it, it, like you say, once we do more of that, which, which I think we are doing, I'm, you know, with Richard's doing and, and everybody else I know is pushing for, you know, now we have it where we have a whole ecosystem that's built for a feeder. You know, you have people coming through, you have young people coming through and they're doing some incredible, amazing things. But the thing about it, the biggest piece of it is for them to have the opportunity and for people to recognize what they're actually doing, you know. Amen. Amen. So before we, we got to get wrapped up soon, man, before we get out of here, Kyle, let's get some contact information. Um, let's get your, you know, social handles, your email handle, whatever you want to share for people can get in contact with you because you're such a resource. And for those of you out there listening, I'm pretty sure there's some things of interest that I implore you to reach out to Kyle. So Kyle, how can people reach out to you? Yeah, the, the best way is actually um, on LinkedIn. If you just look up Kyle Bazzi, um, my, uh, my Twitter handle is krbazzi. Uh, but you can also email me um, either at kyle at grandcircus.co um, or at uh, kyle at venturecatalyst.co. Um, but if you just Google me, you know, I have all my, my personal information online. Uh, I try to be as accessible as I possibly can. Excellent, man. Well, we're about to wrap it up, folks. Again, Mr. Kyle Bazzi, legend, living legend in the making, and just wonderful, wonderful to talk to you, man. I really appreciate you being on the Doers Network. Finally got together and to get this done. Um, hopefully we can do some more things in the future and have more spotlights and everything else with what's going on. So with that being said, Kyle, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Appreciate it being here and, um, you know, really love what you're doing over there too, man. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Well, that's it folks for the doers network. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, this is Donald Robinson, the second, and you've been listening to the doers network where actors grow and thrive. Thanks for tuning in to our interview with Kyle Bassey, tech entrepreneur, tech community activist, and all-around spokesman for the Detroit tech community. As of this podcast, he's no longer the COO of Grand Circus, but he continues to be heavily involved in the Detroit tech community, along with his efforts for Detroit Startup Week. If you need to reach him directly, you can email him at kyle, K-Y-L-E, at venturecatalysts.co. That's V-E-N-T-U-R-E-C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-S dot C-O. Or you can reach him on Twitter under at symbol K-R-B-A-Z-Z-Y. 
This podcast is produced and brought to you by Bamboo Detroit, located in the heart of downtown Detroit. Bamboo Detroit specializes in co-working space and amenities for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers. Bamboo Detroit, where we do more together because Detroit is for doers. If you would like to support our podcast, you can become a sponsor of the Doers Network. We have gold, silver, and bronze packages available. If you have a business you would like to promote, you'll be able to reach over 10,000 listeners around the world each month at your fingertips. So if you want to reach our audience of founders, CEOs, innovators, and leaders, become a sponsor today. For more information, email us at info, I-N-F-O, at bambooDetroit.com. We appreciate your support by subscribing to our podcast right here on the Doers Network. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Doers Podcast, where actives grow and thrive. The Doers Podcast is produced by Bamboo Detroit Network. For more information, visit us at bambooDetroit.com.